0: The QC Pod is a production of the Queens Podcast Lab. For more, visit queenspodcastlab.org. This is the QC Pod, a podcast about the people, ideas, and projects that make up the Queens College community. I'm Joseph Cohen from Sociology. Today we're going to talk to Robin Rogers, a professor in the sociology department. Professor Rogers is writing a book on the women of Generation X. We're going to ask what it was like to be a woman coming of age in the 90s and aughts, how the women of the baby boomer generation paved the way, and how they view the evolution of feminism and the status of women among today's younger generation. Robin Rogers, the women of Generation X, coming up next. Hi, Robin.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm all right here. I'm here with Professor Robin Rogers from the Sociology Department. We're uh, talking. It's another COVID day.
1: <laughs> nice to be here.
0: Today we're going to talk about a uh, Robin's new book, which uh, chronicles the lives of the women of the second greatest generation <laughs> of all time. If you ask me, Generation X. Yes. <laughs> For those of our listeners who don't know what Generation X is, okay. maybe you
1: can So, with. So Generation X is the generation uh, born between 1965 and 1980. Um, there are a few other definitions people put to cut off some other years, but that's, that's the most common. It's the one used by uh, the Pew Research Center. So that's the one that I use. Um, now, there's a little bit of... Argument over whether the concept of generations makes any sense or not. You know, when we talk about the generation of Americans, obviously that's a lot of people uh, over a lot of years. But the argument for it is that this is a group of people who were born during roughly similar circumstances and had roughly similar um, formative experiences. And this, I think, is particularly true of Generation X. Because we were born in 95, or sorry, uh, 65 uh, or later, and the Civil Rights Act was passed in 1964. So we were the first group of babies born into a world where the assumption was legal equality. The last group of uh, Gen Xers is born in 1980, right? And that's that's Reagan's morning in America. And it's uh, the morning in America actually comes a couple of years later. But it's the, the beginning of Reaganism. And it's the beginning of a kind of desire to return to a previous America. Mm-hmm. So the, the political and cultural boundaries of Generation X actually do make us a slightly different generation than, than uh, or slightly different group than other other generations
0: now your uh, students might not know this but you were a uh, very high achieving young woman <laughs> an ex well still are yes, but yes. tell us about your background
1: Right. i came through and i i kind of joke about having gone to virtually every elite school there is uh i come from sort of a, a moderate middle class background certainly not a low-income background but my, my father was a, a college professor my mother a public school teacher um i went through and i i went through some fairly elite schools in in new york city uh i went on to get my uh PhD at, at Penn, University of Pennsylvania, uh, and then to do a pos- postdoc at Yale. Um, my first job interview was at Harvard. Um, and I was sort of all, all set to be like the poster girl for, for you know, girls can do it all. Um, and then I also had two kids and a, and a marriage that didn't work. And I, I sort of often found myself feeling like I was struggling uphill. Uh, and and the origins of, of the book really. Came about when I was thinking about my own life and wondering, well, how how common is is my experience of kind of starting off out the gate really strong and then kind of running into sometimes obstacles, sometimes simply detours. You know, not all negative. Sometimes just I wanted to spend more times with my more time with my kids than uh, I would have been able to had I done a a different kind of career. Right. Um, and so I decided I wanted to interview. Generation X Women and see, as the title of the book says, what happened to the first generation of girls told they could have it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I began to research Gen X girls, I found that interestingly, Generation X is defined in um, magazine articles and the few books there are. It's a very ignored, overlooked generation, but it's defined almost entirely by its men. So I also became interested in, not just in my own personal experience, but kind of Politically and sociologically, what did we do? This group of girls—not just what happened to us, but what did we do? And what I found in my early research, just looking at statistics and history, is uh, we were not the ones to break ground, but we were the first generation to work on mass, to go to college on mass, to uh, be in equal numbers with men in elite colleges. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the first uh, real troops on the ground.
0: What What lesson can young people learn from the experiences or the story of the women of Generation X?
1: Well, there are a couple of them that are emerging, and I'm still doing the research, uh, but preliminary ones are, are becoming clear. Um, one of the first lessons is kind of heartbreaking. And then there's another much less heartbreaking one in a minute. But uh, almost every woman I interviewed, and at this point, I've interviewed over 40 life history interviews, um, said to me early on, even before the interviews, sometimes, you don't want to interview me because I'm not a good example. And usually the I'm not a good example is because I failed. Because I didn't make it because I made mistakes, because I Mm -hmm. messed up. And so what I'm hearing is story after story after story of women who, whatever trajectory they were on as young women, stumbled in their late 20s and 30s and blamed themselves for not reaching the uh, the goals, which were still defined very much in terms of uh, making money, being in the suit, you know, traditionally male standards of success. So that, that's sort of the sad one is the first one is I would say, don't blame yourself. <laughs> you know? um, there's much more happening here. It's more interesting and it's not so personal. And, and I mean, maybe if I could bring back the idea of the personal is political. Uh, I don't know that I think the goal is for women to have the same standards of success that men traditionally have had uh, or for men today particularly to have those standards of success. But I am sure that I think that women are taking on a sense of personal failure. That's not warranted. Um, So that's one. The more sort of happier version of that is that there are a lot of women now and, and Gen X women now are between uh, ages 40 and 55. um, A lot of women who were trained in the best schools who were top artists who were very high up and really achieved a lot who were sidelined not always because of children but often because of children but for various reasons in the middle of their lives uh and are now looking at the the next third of their working lives and saying um it's my chance it's my time you know my i i i I I personally have often kind of joked, but not it's not very funny, that, you know, I trained like an Olympian and I never got to go to the Olympics. And I think that's like a very classic Gen X woman point of view. I trained like an Olympian and I never got to go to the Olympics. And I think a lot of Gen X women, as they're entering middle age, are saying, you know, I've either raised my kids to the point enough or established my career well enough where I'm financially secure enough that I can... Um, do something really interesting with all of the skills I've developed over my life and have never had the chance to use. And so I think we may have we may have a really interesting cohort of I don't know if I'd say older women, but older middle-aged women coming up. Um and this is really in contrast, to Lillian Rubin, who who you will know is a sociologist, uh, had a book called Uh, I think it was called the women of a certain age. I I could be wrong on the title, but it was published around 1980 and she did interviews very much like I'm doing, but she found that the women were very lost because they had trained their whole lives to be mothers and homemakers. And that job was over and they didn't have a pre-family self to go back to. So, I think that while there's a sad element of the women of my generation not having been able to um, achieve what they wanted to in the world or achieve what they thought they were expected to achieve in the world, there's a really hopeful element that the training and the opportunities we were given as young women, and that in some cases, like mine, I I sustained through the middle of my life being a college professor, that those grant us opportunities and skills that uh, no other generation, including the boomer women, as a generation had. Robin Rogers,
0: (laughs) College Sociology, thank you so much for meeting with me today.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: You've been listening to the QC Pod, the podcast about all things Queens College. We're on Twitter at QC Pod and on the web at queenspodcastlab.org slash QC pod. Our theme music is Lake Monsters by John Flansberg of They Might Be Giants. I'm Joseph Cohen. Thanks for listening.